The purpose of all prophecy is to lead people to God. That's the, por- that's the point. I once did this study. I went through, I read each Old Testament prophet until I found some kind of a dream or a vision, a message about the coming of the Messiah. The first coming, the second coming, or both. All those Old Testament prophets talked about it. In the New Testament, it's almost all they talked about. It was heavily emphasized. Here is the Messiah. And here are the proofs, right? They talked about it. And that is the purpose that I serve, my friends. The Holy Spirit has emphasized and underscored this to me, that that is what I am to teach. That is the purpose of prophecy. I'm warning, yes, I want, God wants us to be prepared, me and you do as well. But most of all, he wants us to draw near to God. And I'm going to expound on this. I'm going to establish this firmly so that any person of reasonable intelligence will understand this. I pray, Father, you will open their hearts and minds to understand your truth, Lord, as I speak. Even if I get it wrong, that they will understand your meaning. But I pray, Lord, that you will use me now to speak your words. I'm going to share a couple of dreams and visions here. And these are all about drawing near to God and what happens if you do and a little bit about what happens if you don't. Okay, so that's this message. Prepare for the end time by drawing near to God. Now, I had this one dream. I don't know why, but people share this a lot. It's a short, simple dream. It just shows Jesus in the upper right hand of the field, floating above the earth, above the ground. And there's like a little ledge, like a line that goes up to him. Maybe it's invisible, maybe it's not. I don't remember. But there are people on that line, and they all have their eyes on Jesus. Some are close, some are a little further down the slope. Now, at the base of the slope, closer to the ground, there are some people kind of close to there, people that are interested in Jesus, maybe spending time going to church, reading the scripture a little bit, not too much, not dedicating things, I don't know. And then there are people further and further away, you know, distributed at random places. Then there's some kind of a big event. It's like in, in the dream, it's shown as a huge explosion without sound. It just happens, something, boom. But there's no, I don't, maybe there wasn't a boom, I don't remember, but there's a big explosion. It's clear that it was an explosion, sound or not. And a lot of the people on the ground, the people who were not close to Jesus, close to the bottom of that road to Jesus, maybe maybe that's the narrow path, I'm not sure. But it definitely represents proximity to Jesus. And the people who were on that line, they drew closer The people who were near the bottom, most of them got onto the line, and they all kept their eyes on Jesus. And then things began to go wrong. I could see that this trouble from this explosion, the results were there. But now the further that someone had been away from that line, away from a place where you have your eyes on Jesus, the more likely they were to leave. A few people, I think at least one, who was very far away, came and drew near to Jesus. But the closer they were, the more likely they were. So this is showing that it's important to draw near to Jesus. And time just passed and passed and passed. And those people who kept their eyes on Jesus, they never wavered. And the people who just kind of sort of got close, it didn't go as well for them. So the point is, 
Keep your eyes on Jesus. Whatever it is, like the Holy Spirit didn't show me, that's not the important part of the message. The important part is whatever happens, whatever you see, whatever you hear, don't faint. Bible says some people will have, their hearts will fail them from fear. But the Holy Spirit's encouraging you through this vision to say, keep your eyes on Jesus and you'll remain steady. Keep your eyes on Christ and it'll be all right for you. And that's going to be consistent through a few scriptures I'm going to share and a few other visions. Now, uh, this one is really important. And the message is practically the same, but I'll share it with you. Okay, there's a valley. There's several mountains, this side and that side. And I'm at the base of one of these mountains. And there's like a little spring there, a fountain. Someone built a ring of stones around it. The water's raised up a little bit, and it's crowded. There are a lot of men there, all dressed like ancient Middle Eastern times. Clothes wrapped around, long robes. People are drinking the water, and I'm one of these people. And I drink the water. Someone gives me a cup. I put it to my lips. It's so bitter. The water is so terrible. I spit it out. I don't want that. And I notice that there's water flowing out of the downhill side of this little ring, this little fountain. And there's water flowing in from uphill. So I say, well, I'm going to walk uphill. There must be a better, cleaner water somewhere. So I walk up the hill. I go for quite a way. It's climbing a mountain. It's like, this is not an easy work, right? So I'm walking up the hill. I come to another fountain. There's also a lot of people crowded around here, maybe a few less, two, three fewer. Again, this water tastes terrible. I spit it out. (laughs) But it's not as horrible as the previous one. So I say, well, Maybe I should keep going up. So I keep going up. And this happens, you know, third, fourth, fifth. I keep going through all these fountains of water. Going up the hill, going up the hill. Each time, fewer and fewer people at the well. Each time, a little more not as bad, right? So now, what's interesting about this hill is that there's a supernatural shadow laid over this mountain, it's like a perfect horizontal line, this shadow. So since there's not a wall on the opposite side of the canyon, the shadow is not being cast by anything. It's a shadow that exists. It's a supernatural shadow. And I'm going to tell you what it represents when you get to the end of this dream here. You'll understand. I cross that line, and I get to the first fountain, and this is the first one where I think, yeah, I can drink this. I can drink this water. It's all right. But still, I think, but, but I, I'd like to have even cleaner than this. So again, I walk up the hill, and I notice that it is not easy walking. It's hard. I'm getting tired a little bit, but I'm determined. I want that better water. So I go up to the next one above the, the, above the shadow line, the next and the next. And I get maybe a little more, a little higher than two-thirds of the way up this, the clear, the section that's in the light, the upper portion of this mountain. And I get up there, and again, all the fountains, they look the same, but the water is more and more clear. And the water is good. I'm like, yeah, this is good. I can rest here a while, and then I'll go up, I'll go up higher a little later. It's what I'm thinking. And then there's a shout, and I turn and look. Down at the far end of this valley, rushing, turning around the bases of these different mountains, comes this huge, huge river of water hitting the mountains, splashing up, throwing spray, huge amounts of water into the air. And the water begins to rapidly rise. And the people who were down at those first, second, third ones, well, they just get washed away. 
Just boom, water hits them and you can't even hear them scream. They're just gone. Water starts rising up and you know that water rose up exactly, exactly to the line of that shadow. Everything in the shadow was covered in flood water. Everything. Above that, nothing. Not a drop. Because the water started slowing down as it rose. So there's no splashing, no sloshing. If you were in the light, you were okay. I think the symbolism is clear, right? If you're in the light of the Lord. Now, listen to this. Listen to this message here. Matthew 7, 24. I'm going to read two verses. Therefore, whosoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man which built his house upon a rock. Now, people like to say that, oh, I'm, I'm standing on the rock. Well, are you? Because let's look and see how the scripture defines that. Who hears and does. That person I will liken to a wise man who built his house upon a rock. That's what it means. You can't just, there's too much of this people just, well, I'm claiming Psalms 91, brother. Well, that's good that you trust the scripture, the scriptures. Hallelujah for that. But do you meet the qualifying if? If you dwell in the sacred place of the Most High. If you have passed the border of that shadow, if you've come out of darkness into the light and you know the word of God, that clean water, ooh, that will refresh your soul, my friend. That clean, fresh water from the Lord. That's going to refresh you. That's going to protect you. Hears and does, because I'm telling you, sometimes God is saying, get out of this restaurant right now and go home. I didn't understand why, but I did it. And you know what? A guy who wanted to do me great harm and a group of his big, heavy thug friends came into that restaurant five minutes after I left. You don't need to know why. You just need to hear and do. That's how you remain safe, my friend. Move out of this city. Okay? Move closer to the mountains. Don't let there be a river between you and the mountains. Okay? Whatever you hear, pray and make sure it's from the Lord and just do it, my friend. That's all. I have a lot of, of strong, important messages here in this, in, this, in this message, in this podcast, and we're going to get there. Next verse. And the rain descended and the floods came. That's what I saw in my vision. Flood came down this thing. It's the same symbolism. God is being consistent in his messages here. And the winds blew and beat upon that house. And it fell not, for it was founded on a rock. Let's just interpret that a little bit, translate the words a bit. bit. The storm came, and this guy who heard and did what God said, nothing happened to him. That's what it says. The person who hears and obeys God, my friend, nothing happens to him. Oh, I'm going to get into some more scriptures, some more vision and warnings here, and I'm going to really strengthen this. I'm going to flesh this message out a little bit. Now, okay, I'm going to skip this vision and come back. No, I'm going to go straight into this one. I had a vision before COVID, and COVID fulfilled this, and I saw a wind blow. It was only a wind, right? The winds blew, the floods came, the rain descended. That's the storm. So this COVID, I'm telling you, that was, that's a light, that's a, that's a heavy wind compared to the black storm clouds and thick lightning that are coming. War, all right? 
The next dream I had after this showed that, and then Russia invaded. I was living in Ukraine. Russia invaded. Yes, I knew. Yes, I knew they were coming. The Holy Spirit told me plenty of times, 10 years in advance. I knew. So, I see this fence. Now, there's an interesting structure for the base. It's rock. And it's rock made of these kind of soft orange and gray colors. And I heard, and I found this Old Testament scripture describing the rock as these colors. The dream captured that. And later I found the scripture to confirm it. One of the ways that God backs up what he's doing. Just one of the ways. But the real confirmation for any dream or vision, of course, is prayer. Let me tell you this, my friends. If you're doing it right, even though you think, yeah, everything this man is saying is from God. It all is. Even if you think that, you still go and say, Lord, is this from you? And what does it mean? And what does it mean for me? And what do you want me to understand from this? Then you're doing it right. But if you just listen to me and say, okay, well, that's what's going to happen then. Ooh, I don't want you to do that. I don't want you to listen to any man or follow any man. Always pray. Always pray. That way, you're a follower of God and not a follower of man. I, my friend, am not your leader, nor is any person calling themselves capital any uh, uh, by any title at all apostle international ministry of blase blah that's not important brother that's important that's the real title i'm your brother you're my brother you're my sister that's how it works all the rest of us are brethren only god jesus and the holy spirit have titles of authority over us that's they're, they're the only ones none no others no other made up names by any other religion count only those 3 so there's this fence, and this, this rock foundation, it's wavy. And, and this is actually very, very important. You know, I'm a, I'm a structural engineer, civil engineer, and if you want to build a fence without a lot of su side support, without a very deep foundation, you know, having to do a lot of excavation and pour concrete, you, if you make it so that it has turns in it, it will be self-supporting. It'll support itself against the wind. So there are posts so this thing is wavy, and at the, the turning points of the curves, the minimum, maximum, if you like to do math and geometry, there's a post there. And then there are these rails between the posts, running between the posts. They're curved, yes. And then ver uh, vertically, there are, are boards making a fence. And these posts are painted red. And the rails are painted a lighter shade of red. And the boards are co covered uh, pink, almost red. What does that represent? People covered in the blood of Jesus to varying degrees. And these posts, they are people who are firmly rooted in good soil in between the rock. Uh, between the rock, there is soil, and that's what the posts were embedded in. Now, when the wind blows on this curved fence, it will support each other. The load will transfer down along the rails and hit the other board, and it'll support the board that's receiving the heaviest gust of wind. Wind doesn't come in like consistent sheets that are uniform across the length. No, no, it's stronger in one place. It hits for a short, a seven-second gust. Right? Don't we hear wind like that? That's how it comes. And it hits one part of the house, not the whole part of the house at once. Well, depending on, you know, it varies, of course, but usually that's how it goes. And I saw this fence in the dream. It bent back. And I'm telling you, it bent much further than wind, I mean wood, is supposed to bend. When you study the properties of wood, wood doesn't bend that far. It's not that elastic. But it stood back up again. The wind blew it. 
bent it over, like bend your fingers like you're holding the cup, bent it like that, bent it like that, and it stood up again. Those are the people who are founded in the rock, their feet are in good soil, and they have a community, a community held together. This thing was one piece, one piece, and when the wind blew, it stood together. So back in Matthew 7, 24, we're talking about one guy, a wise man, built his house upon the rock, heard and did. This is showing a community, and some of the people, the posts, had a closer relationship with God, but they benefited from the strength of the whole thing as a unit. Well, certainly the rails did, certainly the boards did. The posts may, I'm sure, that they would actually receive less load. So these, these are people called to ministry, called to warn the sheep. These are the watchmen, these posts. These are the evangelists, these posts. And actually, when I was praying, the Holy Spirit told me the rails are evangelists. The evangelists, the people out there preaching, they're the ones who bring it all together. So these posts, these people bringing the rainbow word of God, watchmen, then you have these evangelists listening to what God's saying, in, both in the scripture and in the Christian brethren living today. People want to say it's one or the other. Or they like to prefer one and leave out the other. But the Holy Spirit told me, emphasize relationship with God equal with studying the scripture. So for most groups, you're not doing one as much as the other. So try to find some balance. Again, Pray about it before you execute that information, that suggestion, that recommendation, wisdom. So that was that dream. It was fulfilled by COVID, I understand, by the Holy Spirit. Now I'm going to get into some things the Holy Spirit has told me, some advice to help you prepare for the end time by drawing near to God. He gave me this dream. I saw this dream. He said, he said tell the people to pray these three prayers, and I'm calling them challenges, just because I, I don't look at things as a trial or a hardship. I like to look at things as a challenge, just my personal way of looking at it. You can call it something else if you want. But he said, pray for a need, for an understanding, and for a salvation. Now let's hash those out a little bit, flesh them out. Pray for a need. If you have some, some kind of a need, anything in your life, everyone's got some kind of a need somewhere, Pray that God will resolve it for you. I pray, O oh great and mighty King, for all the listeners here and on any other platforms, Lord, we pray each of us for all the others and for ourselves that you will fulfill some need and a great need, the biggest need, O oh mighty King, that you will fulfill it, Father, without us doing anything, that you will fulfill it, that you will receive all the glory. If it, be, if it means money for rent, if it means a, a new car, if it means healing a relationship that's even uh, 20 years, 20 years abandoned, I pray, Father, that you will return the love of the parents to the children, of the childrens to each other, even old friendships, Lord, whatever they need, Father, whatever they really need, I pray, Father, that you will provide it to them. In Jesus' name, amen. Next, pray for an understanding. When you are reading the scripture, you're going to get something like, what are they talking about here? The bad wife, what is that? The bad wife. This is an experience I had. And the Holy Spirit explained to me what the bad wife was. I was like, ah, oh, now I understand. 
Other times, I ask the Holy Spirit, what does this mean? And then I go driving somewhere two days later, and there's a preacher on the radio. He says, I was going to preach about this, but the Holy Spirit moved me this morning, and I've changed the message too. And then the man explains in great detail the answer to the question I gave to the Holy Spirit. That's happened many times. I'd say that's the dominant method. (laughs) So again, if you have a community and you're listening to other people, God can use that person as long as they are a post, someone who listens to God, they can, God can answer you through them. It's good to have a community. Even the posts were supported by the other posts. And the posts gave strength to all the rest of the community. So pray for an understanding. I pray, Father, that what we need to know, that you will reveal it to us, Almighty King. Even things we don't know that we need to know, I pray, Lord, that you will open up our hearts to understand your meaning. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Next, pray for salvation. Pick someone, maybe a backslider who really thinks that they're saved and you just really don't think so. Pray for them to come back around. Bind and break. Oh, Jesus, I pray, Lord, for our loved ones. I pray, Father, for our friends, our family, our relatives, uh, good friends in the church, good friends elsewhere, that you will open their heart, Almighty King, to understand that they need Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we bind every evil spirit blocking their minds from comprehending their need for salvation. In Jesus' name, we ask you, Father, to do everything and all that is necessary to make sure, Lord, that they come to know you, Almighty King, not about you, Father, not followers of men, not foolish virgins going out, not understanding what they need is relationship, thinking they can buy it in the marketplace. I pray, Father, that you will bring our loved ones, Lord, that you will open their hearts so that on judgment day, on judgment day, they are redeemed by the blood of Jesus and enter heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Pray for these things. Again, I don't need to ask why. I can speculate easily why I need to know those things. But as we go into the times of tribulation, of challenges, the enemy is planning, okay, that's not important. God tell me, just focus on knowing God, all right? Pray these things. They will strengthen your relationship with God. They will give you more confidence moving forward. And when I pray, God's going to answer. I've prayed before God answered. Some people, they have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. God is able to provide. Jehovah Jireh, God sees your needs, he knows your needs, and most of the time, if not all, he's already provided it before you even ask. Sometimes the only reason it occurred to us to ask is because God knows we need it, and he's already sending it anyway, but he wants you to pray so that when you do receive it, you understand, God gave this to me. Actually, the Holy Spirit's telling me that when people don't pray, God isn't justified, and maybe the devil will block that. You won't get it at all. That happens. Okay, now, a totally different dream. Pray for the gifts, Holy Spirit showed me. There was a community of believers. They knew the enemy was coming. They were some one, two, three days off. They were coming. These people said, we have to leave. We need to leave now. They had amongst them all one huge flatbed truck. They were all packing things and putting on there. This Christian man, he's going into his house. And I see that everywhere he goes, he has this huge gift. It's a big white box with red ribbon tied at the top. And there's some smaller ones along with it. But he can carry a big heavy box. He can carry a side of a couch. Doesn't slow him down at all. I prayed about him like, what is this? The Holy Spirit said, it's the gifts of the Spirit. 
to the gifts of the Spirit. He said, pray for them. You will need them. They will help you. And they won't slow you down at all in any way. You can't take with you your bed and mattress, your box spring. You can't take your massage chair. But you can take the gift of dreaming, the gift of prophecy, words of knowledge, whatever you need. Ask, pray. I pray, Father, that you will lend to us, Lord, that you will nah, that you will give, Father. You give not as the world gives, that you will give us the gifts that we need, each and every one of us, Father. We pray each for the others and for ourselves, that you will bless us, Father, to hear your voice so clearly, Lord, that you will bless us with a desire, a willingness, Father, to obey you, Father, and in your right timing, and that if things change as they did for Joseph, Lord, that you will give us the discipline to pray multiple times and to listen to you, Father, and to obey, even to move, to change the direction we had yesterday into the direction that you give today, Father. For you know all things, Lord, and you are wise beyond our comprehension. And we thank you, Father, for your great generosity. For we know, Lord, that you are a lavish giver. We thank you, O great King. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. So, pray for the, do the three challenges. Learn that God answers prayer. Pray for gifts. You'll need them. In another dream, God emphasized this one gift. He said, tell the people, pray for the gift of tongues. There are things coming in this world, I was told that you do not know, that you do not expect. And something happened last week. I never saw that in a dream. I was kind of surprised. It's happened before, but I was still surprised. But the Holy Spirit knows, my friend. The Holy Spirit knows. So when you pray and you're just running out of words, you, you just shift right into tongues. It's like it becomes a natural thing. Just shift right into tongues. It's easy. You just let go. I didn't want yet. Okay, so pray for the gift of tongues. If you do not have tongues. I went once to a prayer group. It was three of us. So much prophecy came in that prayer group. Three people who all wanted God. No backsliders. No, you know, for show only types. And one night it just showed up me and one other guy, Yuri, my buddy, my friend. And we started praying and we prayed maybe. And, you know, he said, have you ever prayed for something in tongues? You don't know what it is, but you're just praying to break something. I said, yeah, I think so. He said, that's what I feel called to do right now. Let's do that. So we just started praying in tongues. We didn't know. And at some point, he just packed up the radio. We used to play loud praise music as we prayed together. He just packed it up. And I said, okay, I understand. It's time for us to go. Because I felt it too. It's time for us to go. So I just grabbed my Bible, grabbed my water bottle, and walked out. Listen, we used to start praying at 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock. We'd go till sometimes. It felt like 10 minutes. And we'd look, it'd be 2 a.m., 3 a.m. But we prayed. It was so powerful. The Holy Spirit would fill that room like a water tank. Like a water tank of water. It was so powerful. This is the importance of purity in your community. Just another message, a side message God's been teaching me just recently. If you're hearing this soon after I posted, probably you've been hearing the same thing, seen it in several places. I left the house. Later, I asked him, I'm like, Yuri, why did you pack a blue? He said, I didn't start packing. He said, you did. And each of us insisted it was the other who initiated the end of the prayer session. I got on the road 
And in front of me, there's this young man. He tries to pass before a bridge that goes over a water canal. You don't pass there. You can't see on the other side of that bridge. And it's night. And sure enough, now I backed off. I gave myself some room. Smart driving, defensive driving. And sure enough, here comes a pair of headlights over that bridge. And now there's no room. This young kid, he drives off the side of the road. And it kicks up so much dust and gravel that I can't see anything. Park my car, I run across, I run down. The canal, praise God, was empty at the time, except for about a foot of mud in the bottom. I was slogging through that mud. The car was on the other side, on, sitting on all four tires. And I get there and I look inside, and there are these two young men there laughing and laughing and laughing. On the other side is a cop who'd been coming from the opposite direction, and he's telling them, You guys are drunk, aren't you? But I look at them and I see they are not a scratch on them. And I say, you guys are Christians, aren't you? They said, yes, we're coming from a prayer meeting now. That's the thing that I broke in tongues. You need the gift of tongues. Father, give us the gift of tongues. Bless us, Lord, that we can pray in your in the wisdom of your Holy Spirit and break secret, wicked plans of the enemy against us, against our communities, against our fellowships, that you, almighty king, will go before us and break all of their evil works. I'm telling you, my friends, read through Revelation. Chapter 2, repent four times. And they repented not to give him glory, it says in Revelation 16.9. Neither re- repented they of their murders, their sorceries, fornications, or their thefts. 9.21. That's the purpose of the tribulation, that people will repent. So it's time to repent It is time to draw near to God. Put your trust in God. For those of you who follow our Father, everything will go smooth. In Jesus' name, amen. And remember, as always, to pray or be defeated.